Oklahoma Congressman Kevin Hearn is with us live. Good morning, Congressman. Good morning, Dan. How are you today? I'm doing great. Beautiful day in uh, green country, that's for sure. Um, I, lots of serious stuff to talk to you about, but okay, let's start with the congressional baseball game because this was actually a nail-biter and was a fun game to watch. And how about, is it Greg Stubbe? Is that the Florida congressman's last name? Yeah, Greg. Greg's a great friend, and uh, he and I rode to practice each day together at 5.30 a.m., uh-huh. uh, you know, way before a lot of people were getting up, and regardless of what time he went to bed the night before. And he he's a guy who pitched in high school, was recruited to to pitch in college and uh, just work hard. Big guy, you know, he's about 6'3", 6'4", and yeah. uh, pitched the first five innings and then uh, promptly hit the home run. Uh, sort of a little bit of a, uh, a political part that was is that uh, Joe Biden, he came over to our dugout, and as he walked into the, to the dugout, Greg comes up there and hits the first pitch over the fence, and the dugout <laughs> clears out, leaves the president standing there. Uh <laughs> So uh, you know, it's almost that was that was probably the most political point of the entire game. And then Greg, uh, who, again, who's a great friend, he came in with me in 2019, 2018 election. Uh, he actually caught the final pop up for the final out. So he pitched five innings, wow. did a great job, hit the home run, and caught the final out. So to leave uh, two runners stranded for the Democrats. But uh, great game, you know. Here, here's the thing: 19, since 1909, this game has been played. It's not been played in some years with the World War One and two, uh, and a couple other things, but um, it's raised hundreds of millions of dollars in uh, charity do- charitable dollars for local uh, boys and girls clubs and places like that. And um, the 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 record, you know, we're all about records in sports. Was forty two uh, wins for the Republicans, forty two wins for the Democrats. So this was the tiebreaker. So now the Democrat, the Republicans have a forty three to forty two lead. And you know this when you got to have back-to-back dynasties, right? That, that you can't be a dynasty unless you win back-to-back. So. That's right. I think it takes a three-peat, actually, to start calling yourself yeah, a dynasty. Yeah, well, there you go. So. Yeah, there you go. Uh, so we'll see um, how it goes. Let's move on to other stuff. And, and the vaccine mandate's first on my list here because of the news that hit yesterday about American Airlines. Of course, that's about 4,000 employees here in Tulsa County who are going to be required to get the vaccine in order to keep their jobs. Do you distinguish between governmental mandates and private employer mandates? Well, I think if, uh, first of all, here's the thing. The thing is, is that I'm representing uh, the first district as a member of Congress, and I have to represent the what I consider to be the the, the responsibility, accountability of, of people in Congress. I don't think it's the federal government's job to mandate uh, vaccinations of private companies. That That's part of the lawsuit I joined with the Job Creators Network. I think that's government overreach. If companies want to do that, uh, there will be particular lawsuits brought forward, I'm sure, by employees, and that's the private sector. And we have to be very careful if you truly believe in government separation from private employers that unless these employers are breaking the law, uh, we have to be very careful that we don't uh, step on our own toes and say, okay, you can't, you know, we're not going to mandate it, meaning Republicans are saying it's against federal uh, jurisdiction or, or purview to go out and mandate private employers and then go around turn and saying private employers can't do it either. Uh, so I've, I've been hands off on the private employers. If a person wants to leave and, and go work somewhere else, uh, certainly that would, uh, would do that. But now I'm seeing, you know, Delta's obviously done it. Southwest has done it. American airlines has done this. Uh, I don't know about United. I think they were still pondering it. They may have already pulled the trigger on that as well. Um, but there are a lot of businesses out there, and, and, and when you see a lot of this, I don't know the particulars of every one of these, but 
a lot of them have incentivized their employees to to do it. And you know, like uh, for instance, with Tyson Food, they incentivize their their folks to get the vaccination and their their vaccination. Uh, you know, they got to register for a ten thousand dollar giveaway. So it's not just uh, you do it or leave it, uh, or you leave the company. So I'm not sure. Again you know, where, where each of these companies are. Yeah, the, the one factor that weighs into this, though, in, in terms of the government is American Airlines pointing out yesterday, look, we're, we're going to lose probably tens of millions of dollars in contracts if we don't do this. Yeah, again, I'm not familiar with their particular situation. Uh, I have to read through it and look at it and see if there's any uh, particular uh, component of this that they've lost because of their interaction with the government. Uh, these interdictions are, these are not congressional mandates, meaning uh, we're not making laws to do this. This is our executive orders that are coming from the president, uh, Joe Biden, and his office. So we'll have to see if there's something in there that they're doing that's, uh, again, it's part of, like, the lawsuit I joined with the yeah. Job Creators Network. That's what I wanted to talk about. What, what, is, what is exactly the gist of that lawsuit? It's, it is against unconstitutional vaccine mandates, but in what way? Well, it's, it's about creating harm, uh, you know, there, we're not a socialist country, uh, you know. Contrary to what some of my my Democrat colleagues who call themselves socialist Democrats, we've always had this separation of uh, here here's the law. Let's go uh, execute the law. Uh, let's make sure it's followed. There is no law that says that companies have to do this. Uh, the, probably the closest thing you're seeing right now is President Biden mandating that every healthcare worker in nursing homes be vaccinated or they won't receive their Medicare or uh, Medicaid funding payments for their, for their doctors and nurses and their, and their reimbursements. And that's, again, that's an executive order that he's made that has to wind its way through Congress to over, override that. But there's no laws been made. And, and that's really where, you know, the, the sad thing for America is, is we have laws we don't follow, uh, i.e. the southern border and protecting our sovereignty. And then the president goes up and makes a, an executive order that he defines as a law, and I think probably the most uh, damning thing that he said was, this is basically our, he didn't say basically, this is our money. We will spend it uh, however we want to. And it's really not his money. It's the taxpayer's money. And, and that's the thing we're trying to, I'm trying to work on is make sure we separate uh, the, the purview, uh, the legal rights of private industry versus what the government's trying to overreach. And we know that there's tremendous amount of overreach into businesses already. And through laws that are that are on the books, we don't need somebody to go make arbitrary regulations and restraints. And this is what this is about. It's smaller employers uh, that are just over, obviously, a, an arbitrary number. Again, if you had 99 employees, it's not a big deal. But if 100, that one person is magically all of a sudden made you have to get everybody vaccinated. And, and that's just insane. Uh, if you really cared about all people, then mandate every business, regardless of size. So this is just a political ploy to further divide the small business voice in America, uh, much like Obamacare was at 49 employees and below didn't have to have mandate uh, mandated health care, but 50 and above does. Um, you know, there's a bill right now that's going through Congress in ways and means that if you have six employees or more, you have to offer family uh, paid leave, six employees or more. I mean, where did that number come from? So it's about, the, you know, it's, it's these arbitrary numbers. And so uh, either you're going to put out there a mandate that you want everybody in America to be vaccinated and you're going to put that out there, which would create a major uprising uh, because what's happening now, these employers that have more than 100 employees, people are quitting. They're getting, they're, they're laying off people to get below the 100 and they're going over and, and they're going to work for other businesses that have less than 100. 
First District Congressman Kevin Hearn is with us live. All right, just a couple of minutes left here. I know you got to go, but we've got to talk about this infrastructure bill and about the, the budget reconciliation process. Uh, it does seem like the Biden administration's at a tipping point on this, and, and it's because of infighting in their own party. Uh, where do you think it's going in the next couple of days? Well, they're having a vote today. First of all, you said budget reconciliation. Uh, it's great that you mentioned that because everything up until this point is done through budget reconciliation. And that's because uh, since 2019, since the Democrats took charge of the House again, where budget uh, starts in the budget committee, uh, Speaker Pelosi has not created a single budget. In fact, the only budget that's been created, the latest one was one that I did with the Republican Study Committee over the first five months of this year. Uh, Speaker Pelosi has not produced a single budget, so therefore they have to do it through this this gimmick called budget reconciliation, where you can, with a simple ma- uh, majority vote in the Senate, 50-50 plus the bre- tiebreaker with the vice president, you can raise, uh, you can increase spending, you can raise taxes, and, and important to note, which they first, they've done the first two already through the reconciliation process. The final one is, is that you can increase the debt limit through budget reconciliation. That is perfectly within the rules and uh, Senator McConnell, uh, I'm not a, an expert on the rules over there, but Senator McConnell has pointed that out. And uh, Chuck Schumer and the president have re- refused to do it. And the reason for that is they want it to be, uh, while they have not in, uh, enjoined any Republican thoughts or ideas on the spending it, of the tax. They want it to be bipartisan. They want, they want it to be bipartisan. That's correct. They want their spending to be justified to be bipartisan. And the, the senators are refusing to do it. Um, so... What happens, I mean, December 3rd is when the debt ceiling uh, comes due again. Uh, do you think we'll have this settled over the course of the next, what, seven, eight weeks? I, actually, uh, Secretary Yellen has informed everybody that it's going to be October 18th, so next week, that wow. the uh, we will reach, we'll have to start uh, cutting back on uh, mandatory payments that they have. Uh, and so who knows where they're going to do those. It'll, it'll obviously start with... Uh, payments that they're making to particular groups or whatever first we don't know where she's going to make those cuts but again they can pass this today they're going to they're voting today senator schumer's putting it on the floor again and you know the president's a little bit disingenuous not a little bit a lot disingenuous because he knows that in fact he, he made a statement yesterday in his press conference that the senators would have to take difficult votes and they should when you're raising taxes to the tune that we've never seen in the history of our country i'll I remind everybody that the, the Democrats are quick to point out, I wasn't in Congress, that the 2017 Tax Cut and Jobs Act that created the greatest economy, regardless of what anybody wants to say, you can go back and look at the numbers, the greatest economy in 50 years. Democrats admit this as well as in all, all the think tanks. That was $1.4 trillion. The Democrats want to raise taxes almost $5 trillion. And for people to say, well, no, it's $3.5 trillion. No, th- this is like saying... You're going to spend a trillion dollars over 10 years. I said, well, it's only been spent 500 billion. And the way you do that, you say, I'm going to spend 500 billion in five years. Mm. And then when it comes, you preach these programs. And in five years, who is ever in charge is going to have to continue funding them. So these are going to be entitlement programs. They're going to, once again, just continue to crush our economy. And I think by the time we see the end of next year, we're going to be at $40 trillion in debt in the United States of America, because nobody in Congress has the intestinal fortitude to cut spending. Congressman Hearn, thank you for the update. Thank you. I appreciate it, Dan. Have a great day. Oklahoma 1st District Congressman Kevin Hearn.